This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. We're going to get into the Word. We've been talking about giving now. We, we did a whole series here in the month of January, and it literally was about walls coming down, and I believe that'll still happen. But even in one of the areas that some of us, if not all of us, need walls to come down, it's the area of finances. So we're going to talk about giving, and there is help within the Bible. If I'll read the Word of God and heed the Word of God. Now, Jesus himself said in Acts 20, verse 35, he said, It's more blessed to give than receive. I used to look at that verse and say, Now, how can that be, Lord? It's more blessed to give than to receive. When I become a giver, I take on Jesus' nature. I take on Jesus' character And the only way I'll ever experience it's more blessed to give is when I actually do it. And so if you need a Bible, go with me to to Matthew 6 and then raise your hand and our ushers will help you get one if you want it. We're going to begin today and I believe this with all my heart. The truth is going to set us free here today in this area. And so we're going to be on this for a couple weeks. Matthew 6, verse 21. If you'll notice this is Jesus and he said... For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. For where your treasure is, your heart will be also. This is one of the most misquoted verses in all the Bible. Most of the time people say it this way, where your heart is, that's where your treasure will be. But that's not what he said. He said, where your treasure is, is where your heart will be. And so where my treasure is will ultimately control me. Whatever that is in my life. And so, where is your treasure today? What do you invest your time with, your money with, your resources with? Turn a few pages to your right to Matthew 15. Matthew chapter 15, verse 8. Jesus again speaking and he said, These people draw near to me with their mouth. And they honor me with their lips. But their heart is far from me. Their hearts weren't aligned with their lips. And so it's like Jesus is saying we, we speak one thing but we live another. We know about God but we really don't know God. And so right here you begin to see this and this is just kind of, I'll paraphrase it for you. It's very easy to talk the talk but what about walking the walk? And Jesus himself said in John 14, 15, he said, if you love me, obey my commands. He didn't say, if you love me, just tell everything that I'm doing, which is good to testify. But even more so, the way we show Jesus that we love him is the way we obey him. And so even in areas of our life, I believe the scriptures will teach us and they will cause our life to improve. Anytime we obey the word of God, something good's going to happen. Now, turn to your left to the last book of the Old Testament, Malachi chapter 3. Malachi chapter 3, and I've said this to Jesus many times. I said, Lord, why didn't you just move Malachi about two pages to the right? And it would have been in the New Testament. But again, we talked about this last week that if it was right in the Old Testament, it's now wrong in the New Testament. Or if it was wrong in the New Testament, it's right in the Old Testament. And so... I believe personally that God's put the Word of God right where He wants it. 
And so we begin here in Malachi chapter 3, verse 6. For I am the Lord, I do not change. Now, you're going to hear me reference that throughout this morning. God said, I do not change. And so when we read what that says there, God is is perfect. He's totally good. If he could change, that would mean that he wasn't perfect. But understand, God can't change. And so the same way God was 3,000 years ago, he is right now. So he says, I do not change. Therefore, you are not consumed, O sons of Jacob. And what he's talking about there, he's saying, you sons of Jacob, you better be glad I don't change. Because if I did change, I'd have wiped you fellows out already. Verse 7, yet from the days of your fathers, you have gone away from my ordinances, my ordinary principles, my decrees. You have not kept them. Return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts, says the God who doesn't change. But you said, in what way shall we return? And so since these these children of the Most High were saying, we haven't turned from you, God. Now he's going to clarify to me and you how they've turned from him when we start in verse 8. Will a man rob God? The New Living says, will a man cheat God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, in what way have we robbed you? And he said, in tithes and offerings. So immediately, the the word of God, it separates the difference between a tithe and the difference between an offering. And it's very important that we learn this and see this. So we'll allow the scriptures to teach us in this area as we go on this morning. In tithes and offerings. And because of that, you are cursed with a curse for if you've robbed me, even this whole nation. So right here, the Lord says, because you've taken the tithe and the offering, you're cursed with a self-inflicted curse. The God who doesn't change. Verse 10. Bring all the tithes. Highlight the word all the tithes. Into the storehouse. Where's the storehouse? Well watch what he says. And it'll tell us where the storehouse. Bring all the tithes in the storehouse. That there may be food in my house. So where would the house or the storehouse be? The food in his house would be right here in the church. So when we talk about tithes, let's just be biblical here with what he said. The tithe is already designated, okay? The tithe is to come to the church. The tithe was never meant for me to do whatever I want with it. And a lot of you say, well, that's just because you're a pastor. No, I'm not teaching this as a pastor. I'm teaching this as a giver myself. But if I don't become biblical in this area, then I'm going to miss the blessing. And the Lord said, bring all the tithe to my house. Why? That there may be food in my house. There may be resources in the house of God. So for the kingdom of God to move forward, he needs kingdom people to honor in his house. And then he goes on to say, and try me now in this. Now you can go throughout the Bible. This will be the only time in the Bible you'll find the devil, or the Lord will say, and try me now in this. It's almost a challenge. And I don't know about you, I love challenges. And the Lord's challenges. Now, when I obey what he said in the beginning of verse 10, and I bring my tithe into the storehouse, watch what happens. Says the Lord of hosts, 
if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessings that there will be not room enough for you to receive it. Now, I don't believe there's anyone in this room that doesn't want the blessing of God. No, pastor, I don't want those blessings. I forfeit mine. Well, if you don't want them, I'll take them. The point is this right here. The only way this happens is when I obey the word of God. Now, you don't have to do this, okay? And you're not doing this unto me. You're doing this unto the Lord. But be fully aware today that you will reap the consequences of your choices. And so when life is tough financially, I have to ask myself, do I obey this? Do I do this? See, many times we get mad at God. But yet God says, you know what? I'll open the windows of heaven if you'll obey me. And then he says, and, and P.S., verse 11, I'll rebuke the devourer, the devil, for your sakes, so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for the you in the field, says the Lord of hosts. For all the nations will call you blessed, for you are a delightful land, says the Lord of hosts, says the God who doesn't change. So again... He begins to show me what happens financially. Now, in my own life, guys, for, for about 24 years of my, I didn't honor God. I didn't honor God with the tithe at all. And I came to a place in my life where we struggled and we struggled and we struggled. And there were literally financial walls in my life. And so me and my wife sat down and we began to look at each other and say, we've tried to do our, our own way. We've tried to figure it out ourselves. Never got us there. So we came to the conclusion, what would happen if we begin to obey this? And now for 35 years of my life, for 30 plus, I've honored God. And it's a form that I say, thank you, Father God, thank you. Thank you for blessing me. Now, turn back into the book of Matthew where we were. Matthew chapter 23. Matthew 23. And of course, there's always people that will say, well, that's, that's Old Testament. You're right. But we're in Matthew 23 and that's New Testament. And this is Jesus' words in verse 23. Woe to you, scribes and you Pharisees, you religious, you hypocrites. For you pay tithe of mint and ice and cumin. And what that really signified was that was part of their way they made an earning or a living was through these gardens. And so he's literally saying, yeah, I've seen. You've paid tithe of, of all these herbs in the gardens. Now, look what he said there. You pay it. You pay it. The form of pain is almost like, I have to. I've got to pay this. See, there's a difference from paying a tithe and giving a tithe. The person that pays the tithe, a lot of times is sad, he's mad, it's doom, it's gloom. He says, I'll pay it, but it's not fair. Remember this in the Corinthians, the apostles, Paul said, God loves a cheerful giver. He didn't say a tearful giver. I can tell you right now, when I give today, it isn't going to be, oh, crud, I got to give again. I'm blessed to give because what's God's done in my life. So this is the Lord Jesus. He's saying this, and then he said, 
But you have neglected the weightier or the heavier matters of the law, such as justice and mercy and faith. These you ought to have done. These you ought to have done justice, mercy, and faith without leaving the others undone. So Jesus right here, he's, he's not saying that, well, if, if you do this one, you don't have to do that one. He said, listen, fellas, you should be doing mercy and grace and justice, but without leaving the others undone. What was the other? He said, honor with our tithe. That's what Jesus said in the New Testament. Now, let's go back into the Old Testament and look at some verses, what took place in the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 26. Deuteronomy 26. Understand this, guys. This is to help bless you. This is to help teach you the word of God. You know, I said this in the first service. I've been pastor now about 15 years. And I, probably the first seven or eight years of pastoring, I wouldn't preach on this stuff. Because I, I never wanted people to think my motives were wrong. And the Lord began to deal with me and he said, begin to preach on it. And don't apologize for preaching on it. Be bold with it because I want to bless people. And unless they begin to learn this, many will go through their life and, and struggle always financially. And so we're going to preach on it. Not just today, several more weeks, okay? Because the Lord has said, teach my people the word of God in this area. Deuteronomy 26, verse 1. And it shall, come, it shall be when you come into the land which the Lord your God has given you as an inheritance and you possess it and dwell in it that you shall take some of the first of all the produce of the ground which you shall bring from the land that the Lord your God has given you. Now, a lot of times when we look at stuff like this, we would say, God didn't give me that. I'm the one who planted that. I'm the one who harvested that. I'm the one who worked and labored. But he said right here, you're bringing it to the Lord your God who's given it to you. God blesses us. This is part of how God does things. And he goes on to say, and you'll put it in a basket in our situation. You'll put it in your purse or your wallet. And you will go to the place where the Lord your God chooses to make his name abide. Where do you think that is? Where does God make his name abide? I can tell you right now, it's not at Hooters, okay? That's not where God's hanging out at. It's right here in the church. Keep reading with me. And you shall go to the one who is the priest in those days. And you will say to him, I declare to you, to the Lord your God, that I've come to the country which the Lord swore to our fathers to give us. Then the priest shall take the basket out of your hand and he will set it down before the altar of the Lord your God. Now, I I see what it's saying in there, that a priest is just a man, okay? He's a mortal man with a mortal body. And this is where we have issues at times when we say, I'm going to bring it, I'm going to give it to a man. But when you give it to a man, and since you're giving it to the Lord to do the work of the Lord, and he said, you'll bring it to the altar. Well, anytime they brought stuff into the altar, it was the significance of a sacrifice. They said, Lord... I'm bringing you the sacrifices of my praise. I'm bringing you the sacrifices of my work. But every sacrifice is based on preference. Where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be. Same chapter, 
verse 9. It says, He, Father God, has brought us to this place and has given this land a land flowing with milk and honey. Now behold, I have brought the first fruits of the land which you, O Lord, have given me. Then you shall set it before the Lord your God and worship before the Lord your God. He's teaching us here, guys, that when I honor God with the first fruits, my tithes, it's an act of worship, it's an act of praise. And it's not determined by the letter of the law. It's from my heart that says, Father God, I recognize you've blessed me, you've protected me, and you've delivered me, and I'm very thankful for it. Thank you for those two holy grunts. Verse 13. Then you shall say before the Lord your God, I have removed the holy tithe from my house. And I've also given them to the Levite, the stranger, the fatherless, the widow, according to all your commandments which you've commanded me. I have not transgressed your commandments, nor have I forgotten them. Now when he lists all this, pay very close attention in the order in which he's talking about. He said, I've taken the tithe from my house, and I've given it to the Levite. Who was the Levite? The Levite was the priest. The very first thing he did is he honored God at the storehouse or the church. The next thing he says is, I've taken care of the widow, the orphan, the stranger. All those signify people that you can have mercy upon and grace, and you bless them. It's just like the video we watched. But again, the first fruits, they go to the house of God. And if you were here a week ago, remember, and if you weren't, just listen to the podcast, Exodus 13, it said they brought the firstborn. Exodus 23, it talked about the firstfruits. Remember, the first one is the one that carries the blessing. You can spend that first one wherever you want, but understand this, when I spend it other than at the house of God, there's not a blessing on it. We go back to the book of Genesis chapter 4 with the two brothers, Abel and Esau. And remember what happened there with them. Abel honored him with the first fruits, but Esau didn't. So we keep reading right here, verse 14. He says, I've not eaten any of it. Now remember, they made their living as farmers and ranchers. So he has his first fruit, and he said, I haven't eaten any of it. You know what that means? On the way to church, he didn't will at Krispy Kreme and spend his tithe on the donut. He said, no, Lord, I hadn't eaten any of it. I'm bringing it to you. Now keep watching. When in mourning, nor have I removed any of it for an unclean use, nor have I given any of it for the dead. I have obeyed the voice of the Lord my God, and I've done according to all that you've commanded me. Now watch what takes place in verse 15. Look down from your holy habitation from heaven, and bless your people Israel and the land which you've given us, just as you swore to our fathers, a land flowing with milk and honey. When these people understood I honor God with that first one. That tithe, their expectation, God's going to bless me. God is going to bless me. Now again, understand this. We don't give to get, we give to give. And what happens with the things of the kingdom of God? That when you become a giver, God will keep blessing you and he's blessed you to be a blessing. So I, I get, I give, I get, I give. And that's how my life ends up going with the kingdom of God. Let me give you a little illustration of this today. And I believe this will help you. 
when we study the, the word of God, the Lord and Savior Jesus, he's, he's viewed as the groom. Jesus' bride is the church. That's us. And Jesus paid a huge price for the church. He paid such a big price. He said in Matthew 16, the gates of hell won't prevail against my church. And so Jesus, he tells the church, take care of my bride. And I'm going to come back and you're going to give an account for that. How well you took care of his bride. So in my life, my wife Shelly is my bride. So if I looked at some of you and said, listen. I'm going to go away for a time. And while I'm gone, I'm going to entrust some of you. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you $10,000 a month. And so I give Ernest $10,000. I give Joel $10,000. And I give Pastor Jimmy $10,000. And I said, listen, I'm going away. Here's what I want you to do. Every month, the first of the month, when that $10,000 comes in, you honor Shelly and take care of my bride, and you give her a thousand. And whatever's left over that nine thousand, you can do whatever you want with it. But that ten thousand or that that thousand is mine. And so I say, you got it. I got it, Pastor. We got it. So I come back after a few years, and I look at Ernest and say, What'd you do with the ten thousand every month? Give me an account. And Ernest said, Pastor, the first of every month. First thing I did, I went and I blessed Shelly. I gave her that thousand. And I look at Ernest and say, well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful with the little. I'll make you ruler over much. So then I come to Joel and I said, Joel, what'd you do with that 10,000? He said, Pastor, I want to take care of your bride so bad. He said, I gave 2,000 a month. And I look at him and say, well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful with the little. Now be ruler over much. And then I go to Pastor Jimmy and I said, now what'd you do? And he said, well, Pastor, I did okay to start with. But then the fair came and Christmas came and, and Amy wanted this new pair of boots. And so, you know, one month I gave 700, another month I gave 400. And, you know, there's some months we just couldn't make it, so I took it. So what do you think I'm going to do now? I'm going to cut him off. And you know what I'm going to say to him? You lazy and wicked servant. What you have will be taken away from you and given for others. Where am I getting all that? That's Matthew 25 and it's called the parable of the talents. And understand this this morning. That is going to happen to every one of us in this room. That Jesus is going to look and said, did you take care of my bride? And each one of us are going to sit there and get a look. And you know what? Our excuses aren't going to fly because every sacrifice is based on preference. So I'm going to have to look at him and say, I ate my tithe. We went on vacation. And you know what a lot of people would say? God's okay with all that, is he? Because it's very interesting if we back up in the book of Malachi chapter 3. He said, you're cursed with a curse because I'm the God who doesn't change. And so even in my own life, I had to begin to look at this and I had to begin to say, how's my life defined? One last passage. Go with me to the book of Hebrews chapter 7. Hebrews chapter 7. 
Now understand this as you're turning there. I don't preach on things I don't do, okay? I honor God, and guys, I've seen it. I've seen it firsthand in my life, what happens. And again, I want to reassure you, many times this doesn't make sense in my mind, okay? But a lot of times the Word of God doesn't make sense either, in your mind. You look at that and you say, so I'm going to lay hands on people and they're going to be healed in Jesus? How does that happen? Well, I don't know. I just obey the word. Will it be a great step? It'll be a great step of faith. When you step out and you begin to say, Lord, I'm going to live this way. I'm going to honor you. Now we pick up here in Hebrews 7, verse 1. For this Melchizedek, I'm just going to stop right there and give you a little insight on this. He's only mentioned twice. And he's mentioned in Genesis 14 and Psalms 110. Now, most believe this guy named Melchizedek, he was either a type of Christ or it was Christ. The the more I read this, I personally believe this was Jesus, because just watch some of the wording here. And it says, this Melchizedek, king of Salem, prince of the most high God. That kind of sounds like Jesus, doesn't it? Who met Abraham returning from the slaughter of the kings, and he blessed him. To whom also Abraham gave a tenth part of all. First being translated king of righteousness, then also king of Salem, meaning king of peace. So Abraham comes back from the slaughter, and it says he honors this, this, this king named Melchizedek with a, a tithe. And it describes Melchizedek as the king of righteousness. Kind of sounds like Jesus. The king of peace. He's our prince of peace. But another word in there it said the prince of Salem. How about this? The prince of Jerusalem, Jerusalem, okay? And so again, when I look at this, I think, this was, this was Jesus. Verse 3, without father, without mother, without genealogy, having neither beginning of days nor of life, but made like the Son of God, he remains a priest continually. Now, Cal, now consider how great this man was to whom even the patriarch gave a tenth of the spoils. And indeed, those who are of the sons of Levi who receive the priesthood, have a commandment to receive tithes. They have a commandment to receive tithes. Who do you think they got that commandment from? I believe it's from the Lord. So it said they have a commandment to receive tithes. He goes on to say, from the people according to the law. That is from their brethren, though they have come from the loins of Abraham. So what we see right there is there's many people that will give just because it's the law. The Old Testament says, we got to tithe. we got to tithe. we got to tithe. But when he throws Abraham's name in there, when Abraham began to honor God with his tithe, the tithe wasn't law. The tithe was from the goodness of his heart, but more so, the man named Abraham had to live by faith. So he gave by faith. It's the same with me and you. It's going to be a big step of faith. But when I step out by faith, stuff begins to happen. And again, my actions got to line up with my word. The proof of the pudding's in the eating. And I say, okay, Lord, I'm going to honor you. Now, watch where he goes with this. But he whose genealogy is not derived from them, he received tithes from Abraham, and he blessed him who had the promises. So it said that 
He blessed him as he gave. Verse 8. Now verse 7. Now beyond all contradiction, the lesser is blessed by the better. In other words, God blesses us. He's the better. But when we honor him with our tithes, he's going to bless us. And it says in verse 8. Here mortal men, men that are subject to death, they receive tithes. But there he receives them of whom it is witnessed that he lives. Now when I read verse 8, this is what I begin to see in the word of God. It says that he lives. He's talking about Jesus. Jesus still lives. So the way this looks in the natural, that I'm commanded to receive tithes, so I bring my tithes and I put it in the hand of a man, a mortal man. A man that's subject to death. And he receives it. But a key word in here in verse 8 is, but there he receives them. I believe what that's talking about, the there was in heaven that Jesus receives them. So yes, we give it right here and it comes to the hand of a man. But yet Jesus is actually the one that watches it all. And he said, because you've obeyed it, I'm going to bless you. Now, I will tell you this. I understand that when you honor God with your tithes and your offerings right here in this church, you're giving him into the hands of a man. We try to be the best stewards we can with the money that you give. And I will tell you that we have a board, and one of our board members is here right now. And we are accountable to them. On a monthly basis, they get to come in and look at all our financials. That everything that's spent in this church, they see. And I love when they question me. Pastor, what's this? And I have to give an account and say, this is where that went, this is where it went. There's something about being accountable to people. And so understand this. We may not be perfect, but we are trying to do our best with Promoting the kingdom of God. And so I'm, I'm just reassuring you guys, we do our best. We try to do things within our means and with integrity and character. But you've got to step out and you've got to trust God too, okay? And understand this, when you give it, it's like you're giving it to the Lord Jesus and you say, okay, Lord Jesus, here it is. Here it is. Now, I personally believe this. Walls will start coming down in your financial life when you begin to honor God. Again, my goal here today is not to try to get in your pockets. It's to teach you the word of God. But something happens when I begin to honor God with all this. You know, in the first service, my mom and dad here, my sister and my brother-in-law were here. And I, I looked at all of us and I began to think, Man, God has blessed my family. God has blessed. My mom and dad are blessed. They're, they're ble- they've been married for a long, long time. A great marriage. My dad will be 80 this year. He could probably come in here right now and probably do 100 push-ups for you, maybe with one arm. I mean, their health is incredible. And then I've looked how God has blessed my family. And it's because we've honored God. We said, Lord, we want to honor you. We want to honor you. 
And it's the same for you guys and your family. And so hang, hang on to this. Let the scriptures teach you in this. Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com.